do you know that game Celebrity Heads? Mm-hmm. We've played Celebrity Heads. We found ourselves uh, just this last week, there was an impromptu game of Celebrity Heads that just started at our dinner table after dinner. Someone just said, hey, let's kind of play. And, uh, and you know the way it goes, someone thinks up a person and then, um, hey, don't laugh yet, I'm not through the story. <laughs> Someone thinks up a person and then you ask just yes or no questions about that person. You know, is it, a, is it a man? Yes. You know, are they older than this, younger than this or whatever? And you're trying to narrow down until you can get to a point of saying, I think the person is this. And the way we play it, I guess there's different ways, but the way we play it is, is we go around a circle and if you guess, an, if you get a yes, right, if you get it right, then you get another guess. And you keep getting to have guesses until you get a no and then it's the next person's turn and whatever. So we play it, Ebony has a turn, and then Micah has a turn, and, uh, and it gets around to me, and it's, it hasn't been going very long, but I ask a couple of questions, and all of a sudden it just twigs to me, I think I know who this person is. And I say out loud to the family, I said, hey, you know, I think it's this person, and it's not someone we know very well. And I said, I think, I think it's this person, because, you know, because A, B, and C, and D. I think it's, and Micah says, oh, sorry, the other rule, the other important rule that Micah made up for the game is if you guess the person, once you guess the actual name, if that's wrong, you're out of the game, okay? You don't get another chance once you get the person wrong. So it's my turn, and I say, hey, you know, I, I think it's this person. And they go, well, yeah, that makes sense, makes sense. And Micah looks at me, he says, well, are you guessing the person? Is that your guess? And I got cold feet. I thought, oh, what if it's not? Whatever. I said, oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not my guess. It's not my guess. And I asked some other questions that I got to know. And anyway, um, the game went on and the next person, the next person, and it went around and around and we could not guess the person. And we got to a point where we'd sort of exhausted everything anyone could think to ask and we just couldn't work out who the person was. And we actually gave up, which doesn't happen often in celebrity heads. We, we said, Michael, we just cannot guess the person. Put us out of our misery. Tell us who the person was. And he said, well, you're going to hate the answer, but Matt, it was the person that you thought it was. <laughs> but I never actually guessed the person. I never said, yeah, this is my guess. And so he didn't say it was the person, which is what he should have done. I was never bold enough to actually guess and I got it wrong (laughs) have you ever had that experience in life I don't mean like around celebrity heads but have you ever missed out on something because you were never quite bold enough to ask you know maybe you missed out on a date once because you never asked that guy or girl would they go out with you Maybe you missed out on a job because you were never quite bold enough to send in an application. You looked at it and you talked to your friends about it, but you were never quite bold enough to say, yeah, you know, press send on the application. Maybe you've missed out on playing a sport or being involved in something because you never got around to being bold enough to actually go and try out. You know, you talked about it and you thought about it and you researched it, but you never quite showed up and said, yeah, you know, I'll... I'll have a go. Maybe you've missed out on a miracle in your life because you were never quite bold enough to ask in prayer. We're beginning a new series on prayer. And we talk a lot about prayer and we're probably going to talk a lot more about prayer because prayer is a hugely important part of our faith. It features all across the pages of Scripture. 
And prayer is such a big part of the way that we do church. It's a big part of the way that almost everyone does church. But mostly we talk about prayer because Jesus talked a lot about prayer. Most of what Jesus talks about prayer, interestingly, is not talking about what we pray, but he talks a lot more about how we pray. We're going to look at uh, a story that Luke tells uh, about prayer in the life of Jesus. It's in Luke chapter 11. If you've got your Bibles or your devices, uh, you can go there now. Let me read to you Luke chapter 11. I'm going to start right at the top. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, you know, would you teach us? And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine uh, on a journey has come to me and I don't have any food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Prayer was really important to Jesus. He did it a lot. And, and there was obvious, the scripture doesn't tell us exactly what it was, but then there was something about the way that he was praying that was different. I mean, his disciples, his followers, they grew up in a, uh, in a religious environment. They would have been praying since they were kids. They would have seen lots and lots of people praying. But there was something different about the way that Jesus prayed. There was something different enough that they came to him and said, Hey, hey, can you teach us how to pray like you pray? And Jesus starts by teaching them what to pray. He says in verse 2, hallowed be your name. They're kind of old words that we don't use, but hallowed be your name just means you're awesome. It's a way of saying, uh, it's a way of saying God, we, pray, we would say we praise you. It's like saying, God, well done. Next, he says, pray your kingdom come. We talk about this a lot. It's a prayer to say, God, make this world the way that your world is in heaven is. We, we want, you know, this world, that we can see all the mess around us. God, would you make this world more like the way that you want it to be? Verse 3, he says, pray, give us our daily bread. Ask God for the things that you need, for food, for shelter, 
you know, that if you're sick, you would get better, that if you don't have a job, you would get one. Ask God for the things that you need. And verse 4, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Pray, God, forgive me. And then give me the strength that I need to forgive other people in the same way. And finally, he says, and lead us not into temptation. God, save us from giving in to the temptation that's all around us. It's a good pattern for prayer, isn't it? I mean, even sitting here 2,000 years later, you go, that's a pretty good pattern for prayer. I mean, if you're ever stuck and are not sure what to pray, bookmark Luke 11 and you can just follow that through. You know, like you can begin by prayer in your life by saying, oh, let's start by praising God. Tell God how good he is. Thank him for who he is and for what he's done. Pray that the world would become, this world would become more like God's world. Pray that God will give you what you need, healing and peace and those practical things in your life. Ask God to forgive you and ask him to give you the strength and the help that you need to forgive others. Ask that God will give you the strength to resist temptation in your own life. It's a pretty good way to plan out prayer if you find yourself stuck. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He could have, but Jesus doesn't stop there. Verse 5, then Jesus said to them, and he tells a story. It's an imaginary story. He says, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come to me on a journey and I've no food to offer him. And your neighbor's going to respond. It's 2,000 years later, but not much has changed. Your neighbor's going to respond probably the way that you would respond if that happened to you at midnight. Don't bother me, the door's already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. In other words, sort yourself out. It's not my problem, dude. It's midnight, right? <laughs> then he says, verse 8, But I tell you, even though he won't get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, because you have the crazy boldness to knock on his door and ask, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Because of your shameless audacity, he will get up and give you as much as you need. Other versions of the Bible translate that word. It's a one word in the original Greek that's translated shameless audacity. Other versions will translate that as uh, because of your persistence, because of your bold persistence. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. When Jesus' followers ask him for a lesson on prayer, when they say, can you teach us how to pray? He teaches them what to pray, but he spends more time teaching them how to pray. And he wants his followers to pray persistently and to pray boldly. And he wants them to pray like this because, he says, because God hears our prayers, because God is good, because God loves us and God wants the best for us. Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. In verse 11, which of you fathers, he's talking to a crowd, he's sort of, uh, you know, um, looking at the guys in the crowd, the fathers in the crowd, and he's saying, which of you fathers... If your son were to come to you and ask for a fish, which of you would give him a snake instead? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is obviously like no one would do that, would they? Or if he asked for an egg, would give him a scorpion? He says, 
If you then, even though you're evil, in other words, like you know you're an imperfect father, well, if you wouldn't do that, then how much more would your father who is in heaven, in other words, who is a perfect father, if you're not going to do that to your kids, God's not going to give bad things to his children who ask him. He's saying, ask God and ask God boldly. He's good. He's not going to give you a fish. He's not going to give you a snake if you ask for a fish. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. He says, pray boldly and pray persistently. In other words, never give up. Keep praying. Keep at it. Keep asking. And yet, let's be honest, lots of us struggle to pray at all. And when we do pray, and this is just my observation, this is now not the Bible, this is Matt talking. But when we do pray so often, we pray what I would call soft prayers and occasional prayers. Soft prayers are the opposite of bold prayers. When someone's sick, a bold prayer is to say, God, heal me. But a soft prayer is when someone's sick and we pray things like, oh, would you help them? Would you be with them? It's not a bad prayer. It, it just doesn't quite have the boldness to ask for the thing that you really want. You know what I mean? We pray soft prayers and we pray occasional prayers. We come to our friends and we say, I really need this thing in my life. I, I, I really need a new job. I'm struggling where I am. And so we pray for it once. And maybe we remember in another week when we have another bad day at work and we pray for it again then. And maybe two weeks after that when someone asks us at church, hey, how do, how's your job going? We go, oh, yeah, yeah. And we pray for it then. We pray soft prayers and we pray occasional prayers. And of course, I recognise that when we start talking about this kind of bold, persistent prayer, there's a massive elephant in the corner of the room. And that is that our prayers don't always get answered the way that we want them to, do they? And the truth is that the reason some of us don't pray much or don't pray at all is that we tried it once and it didn't work and so we gave up. I asked God to help me in the exam once and I got to see. I asked God to give me a girlfriend and I'm still single. I asked God to heal my grandma and she died. And so I gave up. This thing's not for me. I asked and it wasn't given to me. I seeked and I didn't find. I knocked and the door didn't get opened. How can Jesus say all that stuff when my prayers don't always get answered? Let me, give you, let me give you three reasons why God sometimes doesn't answer prayer. The first, sometimes God doesn't answer our prayer because he's got a better plan than the thing that we ask for. You know, God knows that professional cycling is not the best thing for my life. And so no matter how much I pray to be in the Tour de France, it's just not happening. God knows that that job isn't the best thing for you. You'd, you'd really love to get it. But God knows that that's not the best 
job for you. God knows that that person isn't the best person for you to have in your life. Sometimes the door doesn't open for us when we knock simply because God has a better door. There's another door coming, another better door coming. That's the first reason. Second reason sometimes that God doesn't answer our prayer is that sometimes there are things in us that block God answering. Sometimes there's an unbelief in us that stops God answering our prayer. Matthew tells a story about a time that a guy brings his son, his sick son, to Jesus and asks for healing. Listen to this. This is Matthew chapter 17. Lord, this guy comes. We don't know his name. This man comes. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. Sometimes he falls into the fire or the water. In other words, you know, he has a, he has a seizure at home and he's fallen over into the fire and hurt himself. Or he has a seizure uh, you know, down by the lake and falls into the water and he could drown. Could you do something about this? I, and then he says this. He said, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus heals the boy like that. But of course, if you're a disciple, you're thinking, well... How come that didn't work for us? Verse 19, Matthew 17, 19. After the healing. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. They didn't want to embarrass themselves publicly, right? So they came to Jesus privately and they asked him, why couldn't we drive it out? I mean, you fixed it just like that. How come that didn't work for us? How come our prayers didn't get answered like yours did? And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, even this amount of faith, you can say to a mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I want to say as honestly as I can, I don't understand how this works. Because clearly God's not a vending machine, right? It's not like if I, if I just work out how to get more faith, then I can just get everything I want, right? That's clearly not the point that Jesus is trying to make. I don't really understand how this works. But there's something there. Right? There's, there, there's something there that, that our belief in prayer can sometimes affect the outcome of our prayer. I don't think anyone knows exactly how that how that whole sort of interaction works. But clearly from the words of Jesus, there's something there that sometimes our level of belief affects the outcomes of our prayer sometimes. And then the third reason that our prayers don't get answered is we don't know. I don't know why God would let Russia invade the Ukraine. I don't know why... I was sleeping last night while somewhere in Thailand an innocent little kid got stolen and today they're a sex slave. I don't understand why that happens. I don't understand why my mum, when she was 51 and fit and healthy, died of cancer like that within a year. I don't understand why she never got to see uh, her grandchildren and never got to experience all of that stuff that would come in the next part of her life. There's some times that prayer doesn't get answered and we don't know why. What I do know is that God is good and God is big and God is awesome and that there are things God sees that I don't see and there are things that God knows that I don't know. And that's why we talk about trusting God. 
Because there's a point in life for all of us where you say, I don't know why things happen the way they do or why they don't happen the way they do. But I'm just going to believe that God is who he says he is and I'm going to trust him. Because God can't only be real when he says yes, right? That doesn't make sense. You can't say, well, you know, God's real and God's alive because he said yes to this prayer. God doesn't stop existing because you failed an exam, right? That doesn't make sense, does it? God's either real and he's good or he's not. And, we, and all of us, I mean, this is a little off topic now, but all of us have to make a decision. Is God good or not? Is God who he says he is or not? I can't force you to make that decision, but that's a decision that all of us have to make in life. Because if he is good, then he's good all the time, regardless of what happens in our life. And that's the basis on which we trust him. Does that make sense? Is that you say, well, he's good. And so I look at this circumstance in my life. I don't understand why that happens, but I know he's good. And so therefore, he's trustworthy. Whether he says yes to my prayers, whether he says wait to my prayers, or whether he says no to my prayers. There are lots of times in my life, and I can see from the nods, there are lots of times in your life when you don't understand, when I don't understand why God doesn't say yes to certain prayers. But I've made a decision in my life. I've chosen to trust him in those moments. I've chosen to believe who he is, who he says he is in those moments. And I've chosen to continue to follow him even in those moments. And that's a choice that all of us are going to have to make at some point if you follow God, because at some point there's going to be a point where you pray for something. You might even pray boldly for something and you don't get a yes. But here's the point of the story that Jesus tells, is that whatever you think about why prayers do and don't get answered, Jesus' message is clear. In spite of all that, ask anyway. Keep asking and ask boldly with all the faith that you've got, believing that God can do what you're asking him to do. Ask boldly and ask persistently, because like that silly game of celebrity heads that we played during the week, if you don't ask, you might miss out. I could have won that game, but I didn't win the game simply because I didn't have the boldness to actually ask. Do you know that saying, that, that quote that gets used a lot in sport, that you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take? You heard that phrase? It's used a lot in sport. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. If we don't pray boldly, if we don't pray persistently, as uh, the NIV translates it, audaciously, which is a great word, should be used more. If we don't pray boldly, persistently, audaciously, we could be missing out on some amazing things that God wants to do in our lives. Because sometimes God will say no. Sometimes God will say wait. But you know, sometimes God will say yes. And we will see people get healed. We will see job opportunities open up where we never thought they would. We will see relationships get restored. We will see people get saved. We will see miracles happen. 
One of those stories in our house happened a long time ago uh, when my wife Roz was getting a lot of pain in her wrists. And she went to a doctor and then to a neurologist and had scans and they said, I'm really sorry, but you've got severe carpal tunnel in both of your wrists. Carpal tunnels where the, the bone in your wrists, in, in the wrists, wrists, the tunnel that the nerves goes through, the bone closes over and puts pressure on the nerves. And so you get e extraordinary pain. And the only way to fix it is to cut your wrists open and grind away the bone and open up. It's incredibly painful surgery and it is a recovery. It's weeks, I think it's months of recovery where you can't use your hands. Lots of you know my wife's a professional pianist, so she can't use her hands. She can't do her job. And we prayed. We said, like, it, there, there, was, there was no solution forward except this surgery. There's nothing else that can be done for carpal tunnel. And we prayed, and we prayed boldly, and we prayed persistently, and she was healed like that. The pain went away. She went back to the specialist. He, they re-scanned. He looked at it and he said, I don't understand. It, you don't need surgery. There's nothing wrong with your wrists anymore. That was years ago, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. She's been playing the piano every day since that time. No problem in her wrist whatsoever. That's my story. That's one of our stories. I, I'm, I'm sure some of you have got your own stories of crazy times when God said yes. I've been doing this a long time. I'm old. We all know that. I've prayed with people and I've seen, pre I've seen people pray a lot. And sometimes I get the impression that when Christians pray, when they say they're going to pray for something, that's a Christian version of saying, I'm thinking of you. That sometimes when Christians pray, that it's like Christian meditation. Right? We don't actually expect anything to change. We're just hoping to feel better on the inside. When you say, I'll pray for you, sometimes I get the sense that people, they don't actually expect anything to change in the life of the person you're praying for. You just hope that they, they feel better. You hope that your prayer will sort of send them some good vibes. I want to be as clear as I can. Jesus teaches absolutely clearly that prayer is powerful that prayer can change things that prayer can take our circumstances and radically change them in a way that nothing else can you know that no no amount of book reading or podcast listening or self-help or anything you know there's those things in our lives that you go whatever I do I can't change this Jesus is clear that when we pray boldly and persistently amazing things can happen Christian prayer is not a feel good I'm thinking of you I hope you feel better Christian prayer is intended to be the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that can radically change circumstances. And this series is simply about encouraging us to rethink, for some of us, rethink the way that we think about prayer, encouraging some of us to pray boldly, to pray more boldly, to pray persistently, to pray in that never give up kind of, I'm going to keep at this until something happens kind of prayer. Not once, not occasionally, but as that word is translated in some, uh, in, in some Bibles, persistently 
because I want to see, I'm being really honest, I want to see that kind of power unleashed in my life. And, and honestly, I want to see that kind of power unleashed in your lives.